The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org. Thank you for coming today. Uh, so this is... Huh? Recording. Yes, please. <clears throat> so this is the uh, our second class in the series of the Four Noble Truths. Um, last week we talked about the first noble truth, and today we're going to go to the second. <laughs> um, the four noble truths are kind of the the basis, the uh, what we really need to understand and and see clearly our own practice, our own experience our inner life, our life in community. There is this sentence in the sutta, so it's uh, Sariputta, or chief disciple of the Buddha. He was talking to a group of monks, and he said this, Friends, just as the footprint of any living being that walks can be placed within an elephant's footprint, so too, all wholesome states can be included in the Four Noble Truths. It's kind of, from there we, we start. And we go back and forth. We may go deeper in other teachings and things like that, but the Four Noble Truths remain kind of the, of the basis. And you're listening to them now and... Maybe in the future you listen to them again and something else comes up. It's incredibly rich. It's a very deep teaching. It sounds very simple, but there's a lot, a lot to, to reflect, a lot to learn, a lot to understand in them. So I would like to, to share some of the teachings from Sylvia Burstein, um, the way she talks about the Four Noble Truths. So she says, what we talked last week about the First Noble Truth, about Dukkha, the suffering, um, being annoyed, being stressed, um, anxiety, all kinds, different kinds of suffering, different levels, let's say, of suffering. And she says... Um, Life is challenging for all beings, everybody. Our bodies, relationships, all our life circumstances are fragile and are changing. We are accommodating all the time. We just, yeah. So that's kind of the reality of Dukkha in her words. The second noble truth the cause, of, the cause of suffering is the mind's struggle in responding to challenge. And we'll go deeper on that one today. The third noble truth, the end of suffering. A mind that doesn't struggle, a mind that is at peace, at ease, is possible. And the fourth uh, noble truth is kind of the medicine. What is it that we need to do? Uh, to be free of suffering, and that is the the eightfold path. So, just with this short introduction, maybe we could start a meditation. Thank you, Tanya. Everybody, okay? If I take my mask off. 
That was great. I just, uh, I'm just going to repeat those. Am I, can you make me a teeny bit louder, I think? How's the volume, you guys? Is it loud enough? Okay. So, life is challenging for all. Our bodies, relationships, all of life's circumstances are fragile and changing. We are always accommodating. The second noble truth, the cause of suffering is the mind's struggle in response to challenge. So feel your body. We'll go into a meditation. Feel your feet on the floor. Maybe lift your shoulders and roll them back a bit. Make sure your arms or hands are resting comfortably. With the next inhale, Let your body rise up, lift up, stretch up. Feeling yourself rising up to the present moment to meet right here, just this, just this space, this body and this moment with whatever emotions and thoughts and sensations that are happening here. So with this idea that we're always accommodating and that life is challenging. See if you can bring to mind some small way that life is challenging for you right now. Small. So on a scale of one to 10, a one or a two, maybe a three, not a 10. So there's the challenge. And then there's our struggle to be with that challenge. See if you can feel into the struggle. And as you hold that struggle, just notice the way that you might struggle a bit in response to this challenge. And see if you can feel that struggle. Get a feel for the pattern, the pull. Three patterns I notice in myself are a pattern of puddling or sinking in, sort of like a 
this is hard and every bit of me just falls into this is hard. That's one pattern. Another pattern is this is hard and there's a refusal or a distancing feeling. So it's not puddling. It's maybe armoring in response. There's a distancing or a repressing energy. These are two extremes that embody that struggle with whatever it is that is difficult. And there's everything in between. So just with that as a reference, see if you can't stay with the same struggle or maybe choose another one. Again, three or under on the trigger scale. Not big, tolerable. And be curious. Trying to bring to mind that struggle like, I have a broken leg. Just in that simplicity. And then there's the reaction to it. The, oh, and that means I can't drive the car. Or, I can't believe maybe I'll never be able to walk again, hike, run. That's the struggle with the challenge. See if you can't feel into the energy, the dynamic of how you're relating to one of the many little struggles in your life. And if the struggle starts to become a four or a five or above on the trigger scale, and sort of imagine bowing to it and saying, I'll come back to you. I need to choose something little right now. Maybe open your eyes. Maybe put your hand on your heart. This is hard. And notice that in a way sometimes the hard stuff is very magnetic. The mind just really wants to stay focused on it. So just see that magnetic energy that pull, that draw, the way it keeps pulling us back. Feel that. Witness that. Without being it. And see if you can't soften. Just like in a warm bath, softening around all of this that's happening in your mind. No need to bring up anything else. I think you've probably done well enough. Just focus on how to be soft 
around it. Breathe in with softness and breathe out with softness. Breathe in caring and breathe out caring. And let's do a little body scan starting at the top of the head. Just above the head. Just first standing with him alongside the body, taking it in. The sense of a caring and wise eyes. And imagine a warm light, maybe golden like warm honey. Imagine that the way that you are seeing and feeling the body is like warm honey, sweet, gentle, sort of let it the awareness slowly glide down from the top of the head down through the forehead and the side back of the head the ears the eyes cheekbones and jaw ah Taking some breaths down chin, the neck, sides of the neck, back of the neck, tops of the shoulders, collarbone, down the front of your chest. down the back body, just take in your time, scanning, touching with this warmth, the body, moving as slowly as you need. Down the arms, With each exhale, just invite a little bit of softening, a little bit of relaxing. And the belly, the lower back, the hips and the bottom. the thighs, knees, shins and calves, 
ankles and feet. Breathing into the whole body now, feeling it expand with the inhale, contract with the exhale. And feeling the earth under your feet, a sense of groundedness. So being soft and relaxed, but here, upright. Imagine in your mind's eye what it would be like to stand tall and relaxed next to whatever is difficult in your life. Maybe imagine what it's like when somebody puts their hand on your shoulder or that stands beside you with support in this caring but upright way. In the sense that nothing needs to happen right now, just being in this way with whatever's going on is all that's needed. Breathing in. and breathing out. Feeling the flow, the changing nature of your experience moment to moment. Changing nature of sound. Just allowing whatever comes up in your meditation now to come up. Just witnessing. Nothing needs to happen. Just holding this calm and upright presence in the middle of it all. Letting whatever comes into the mind 
move through in its own way. Imagine there's nothing sticky, nothing, no magnetic energy. It just can slide through. Nothing to hold on to. And then when you notice some holding, some tension, ah, hmm, what am I trying to hold on to? A feeling? A thought? the way I wish it were, a memory, can it be held on to? Maybe it becomes transparent, dissolves, Feeling the breath and the body right here. Feeling the feet. The support of the earth. And when you notice tension or stress in the body, in the mind, in the heart, see if you can't stand at its side, witnessing with kindness and confidence, strength. I can be with this too. Right here, right now, in this moment, I don't need to do anything. Just be aware.
And it's okay if it's not okay. Everything's okay. Just in this moment. Even the weird honking horn. Just fine. It's the weirdest sounding alarm horn. Wow, it's like a flat tire or something. just noticing if there's any tension building up in the body it just kind of keeps coming back in my body the breathing in and inviting it to soften inviting a little letting go with the exhale And over and over again, just softening, allowing, and meeting, standing up to meet whatever is happening.
In the last few minutes of the meditation together, maybe just check in and notice, reflect on your journey. You've all had a very different journey than everybody beside you, but you've all been on a journey. The different things that have come up, the feelings, the energy in your body may have shifted and changed. See if you can't just sort of get a feeling for where you've gone, journeyed. What's different? When you think back to the difficulty you first thought of, the challenge, Notice how it is to think of it now. So we'll take a couple of minutes just to um, reflect on how was that for you? Anybody have anything that they're willing to say or share? There's a mic there and a mic there. Great. I think I got hello Tanya, hello Sandra. Good evening, thank you. Hi Richard. I was very, I was too comfortable. Obviously, I never thought I would doze off so audibly. But um, it was. Um, I have to say, I from last week's class to this week regarding the tone of voice that you had mentioned, like what tone are you bringing in? I, I, I am more mindful of that, and I think throughout. Well, throughout my journey and or my meditation journey, I find that I've been needing to, I've been wanting to sit longer in the morning as opposed to the evening, because it helps me start my day. Because I feel like my days are, I'm just trying to get ready for the day, and so, so that's been, so that that's this sitting was nice, and um, even with the car horn, you know. That's happened before at IMC, and just trying not to get bothered by whatever. So, but, but that's yes. Thank you. Thank you, Anne Rose. Yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, thank you for having us here. Uh, also, thank you for uh, your comment that all of us had a different journey. And we are all here meeting at the same point. Um, there is uh, some um, poetry um, uh, which uh, I will try to make like a close English, uh, I mean, essentially a couplet, um, um, make a approximate English translation of that. Uh, that 
two hearts are beating but the music is the same two hearts are beating but the music is the same the, the sound is the same so. um um and uh, the um uh, the the songs are different but the but the instrument is the same yeah so um when you talk about the journeys are different but the instrument is the same yeah so uh, i just wanted to present that thank you thank you um thanks so much for the the meditation um i was surprised at the when you invited us to pick something that was just like a one or two and then i think the invitation was to like let go of the struggle a little bit and wow i was so surprised how good it felt to let go of the struggle <laughs> <laughs> and then also it was about my students that i work with and then it just like what came to me was just like i can let go and just trust that they're going to figure out how to do this mm. and that's so much um it's just so much more loving than the other way that it could be of like this like holding on we have to do it um so anyway so thank you that felt really good um i also had this little thought pop in um about my family and i thought my gosh they're such like worry carriers if yeah. that makes sense oh i love that term yeah mm-hmm. and i i love them all to pieces but um but it's such a thing in my family to worry so um anyway maybe when that comes up that invitation to let go of the struggle could be a really good just a good place to go thank you sandra okay so repeating from the second from uh, Sylvia Burstein's the cause of suffering is the mind's struggle in response to challenge I thank you for the meditation. <laughs> I couldn't find the, the two. I went to 10 immediately, like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, and I think it's the, the, the reaction to the struggle of the mind is what the, in Pali is called tanha, that literally translates as thirst. It's also translated as um, hunger, desire, craving. Um, thirst works very well for me now in this moment of my life. <laughs> uh, and and as you you'll find the translation that relates that really expresses where you are, how it feels for you. Um, so we have the challenge, the minor struggles, and then that thirst. The challenge, and, and in the three of them is kind of the way things are, really. We cannot control the challenges in our life. There's, they're going to happen no matter what. The way our minds work, link, because we're just humans, is we're going to struggle. And it can take different forms. And also, like that desire for things to be well, for we want to be 
we want to live in uh, with ease at peace so it's that that thirst that hunger in a way is kind of natural um gregory kramer says that the uh, the clinging the uh, the grasping is what makes the bridge between that thirst and the suffering so in, in reality those three like okay that's the way things are that's the way your brain works that's part of our human nature isn't it but is that what comes after that that clinging that i have to fix this this needs to be well and we can see it in many aspects of our life that's really what brings the suffering um i, I for me it works like to break things in pieces it's just i'm a scientist so i guess it's just the way my mind tends to go um but yeah and what we want uh to be at ease to be well there's really nothing wrong with it the problem is that I personally am I'm a doer and a fixer. <laughs> Every time my mind's a struggle, I want it to be like I that's my default uh to go. So we cling to things I wanted it to be perfect. I want it to be well. I don't I I don't want to feel bad. I don't want to be uncomfortable. I don't want to be cold. Things like that. And we also cling to what we do to achieve that. We cling, we, we grasp, even grasp the fear that we're going to lose it when we get it. And we even cling to the fear of not getting it. So that's a little like um, <laughs> uh, convoluted. So I'm going to give you an example. I was thinking of how can I convey so I'm going to bring an example of my life and maybe you'll find something in yours when for me going to college um it was very difficult we were in a very tough economical situation so it was it was very hard so I had to work and all that and then finally I came to this country and I was able to find a good job and found economical stability and i wanted to make sure that my kids didn't need to go through the same struggle that i had to so i worked 24/7 i burned myself to exhaustion and but it's like yeah because uh i need to make it right for them they they so they don't need to go through the same so that in itself that that i wanted to achieve i think it wasn't to parties and it i think we want to provide the best um but it, it became kind of um uh an addiction for me so i work it hard and i work it on the weekends and i work it late at night and but yeah i have to do it so like i got addicted to to the way i was trying to achieve that and the fear of not being able to provide Oh gosh, like oh it's my motivation I cannot let go of that. <laughs> um, and then the fear of not not being enough, not not 
not achieving enough because then it, it becomes very convoluted, isn't it? It's not only one thing. We tend to mix a lot of things. Um, I'm a woman, and I need to show that I'm, um, I need the validation. I need to show them that I can do this, isn't it? So I mean, it may, may be a little too extreme, but I, I can see like all these faces of what is clinging um, in, in that part of my life. And, and probably you, you're going to find your, your own examples as well. But I think, again, it's not what we want that is wrong. It's not, it's the way we, it's our attitude, how it becomes an obsession almost. And um, we don't notice it very easily because that's the way things are. And that there are much simpler things, and we just simply don't notice. Um, like when I, I got here earlier, and for some reason the um, thermostat was 72 Fahrenheit, it was like, oh, oh my gosh, he's so hot. Like I started going, where is, how is it? I was trying to remember how to, like, wow, this is, uh, what is it that we're going to talk about today? <laughs> so it, it, we see it. It's every day. We see it in the small things. Um, so, yeah, uh, it was kind of interesting. <laughs> so the that thirst that we feel, that um, tanha, the Buddha gave us three main big groups. The first one is the craving, the desire for sense pleasure. The next one is hunger for being, for becoming. And the third one, hunger for non-being, for non-becoming. Um, so I'm going to try to, more by example, I want to make sure I'm, I have the, the right time. All right. Um, so desire for sense pleasure. Who doesn't love a nice meal? Who doesn't love a nice song? Uh, looking at a beautiful landscape and piece of art, uh, pleasurable touch, like a nice warm shower, uh, uh, a pleasurable state of mind, feeling content and relaxed. Yeah, who doesn't love a nice relaxing meditation? So it's kind of that sense pleasure. And again, it's not in itself what the thing that we decide that is wrong, that is that we shouldn't be enjoying it or the sinful or anything like that. It's more how we relate to it that is going to bring us that I want it, I want it, I don't want to let it go. And that's what brings us the suffering. Um, the, I think something that's quite interesting is the desires is usually the way we engage with the world. We come here because we want to Listen, we want to, I don't know, cultivate our spiritual life. We want to come to this community where we feel, okay, welcome. So, yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of the way we, we go around in the world. Um, but it's how are we going to do it that, is, uh, that really brings us the, the, the suffering in itself? And then what... What is also in, in with the desires for some ple- sense pleasure is the aversion that we have for pain. 
It's like if you have some work to be done in your mouth at the dentist, like that, <laughs> you're thinking for a week that, oh, gosh, that's going to hurt. Like it, it's also a little bit what's involved into that uh, part of clinging. And now for the hunger for being or for non-being rather than going into um, too much talk about it, I'm maybe give you some, some examples. So you get to work and you have been assigned a certain parking spot because you are the employee of the month and then you arrive and there's somebody parked there. Oof, <laughs> what the lack of respect and <laughs> workiness. They, they don't know that I, I am the employee of the month. <laughs> like that desire to be seen, to be known, isn't it? Or um, you want people, depending on our personalities, isn't it? You're very good at making jokes and things like that, and somebody is not laughing at your joke or the comment that you just did. Like, oh, wow, that I... I'm that person. Like I, you need to laugh at my jokes or things like that. And even like we just had the elections in November, and you you think very, you have a very strong position about that uh, proposition, and you voted against it and rallied your friends and all that, and the proposition passed. Wow! Like all this, my opinion, my political beliefs, my religious belief, we really and we identify so much with those. One that um, I found quite interesting, first one I, when I came to this country is um, how some people feel offended when I said happy holidays and not Merry Christmas, for example. It, it, it was taken very personally. Uh, it took me a little while to uh, figure that that one. And then on the other end is um, this desire for not being seen. Like that team building event and that your all the group is invited and oh gosh, it cannot end soon enough. Like you don't like I I I don't like those. I mean I I end up enjoying it at the end, but it takes me like a week of preparation. Like, there's something about all those things. I just don't want to be seen in that context. We don't want to be seen. Please, Earth, open up and <laughs> eat me up. <laughs> it's, it's, so it's, it, in a way, it's, and, I mean, you, you can read more about it, but I thought that maybe that gives us a little bit of a sense. Sometimes we want to be seen, and it's part of our Nature is in it. We, we, we live in communities. We belong in communities. We want to belong. And sometimes we don't want to. Um, yeah, sometimes we just don't want to be. We want to be there. I want to be mindful of time. We've got two more minutes. Okay. Oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, so what I wanted to say, sometimes when we talk about the clinging and thirst and the hunger and all that. It sounds like, like addictions to our desires. It sounds like very major, isn't it? But it's not. We see it every day. It's in our daily life. It's, 
I don't like this chair. I, I wish I had, I don't know what. It's, it's, in, it's the little things that sometimes uh, can make a difference in our, in, our, in our daily life, in our daily day, in our life. Um, last week, um, I was going to the conference for work, and I wanted to see the talks that day, and our water heater broke. So, and so when they fixed it, and then they had to shut off the gas, and then the air heater, the heating system in the house just died. Okay. So I couldn't go to my, it was like, oh my gosh, like that's, can I bring my practice into that? And I think I handled okay. I was like, okay, I wasn't too miserable. Uh, but it, it's in our daily life, it's every day, it's in traffic, it's, Coming here is going home. Uh, all the, it's yeah. So don't, don't don't think that because okay maybe I don't have those addictions, but think little. Think in the small things. What bothered you this morning? Where, where is where can I see those ideas? Those that clingy, that thirst. Where, where is it that is coming from? And what is the suffering? It's not big big suffering. It's just I'm, I'm very annoyed by it. And that doesn't feel good. So I'll stop there. Thank you. Thank you. So um, one of the things I was thinking about was um, the what is clinging, you know, when it's more subtle? What does it feel like? Or when it's around something that's still sort of pleasant, Right? Oh, I'm going to buy that thing and I, you know, push the purchase button, right? And or I'm thinking about what I want to buy, right? And it's that that, you know, there can be something you like and then there's this like and you can oh, it's pretty, it's nice. And then there's something that comes in that's a little like sneaky. <laughs> and it that kind of um, puts you into an automatic pilot mode. I feel like I get disconnected from my present moment when I get caught in that kind of wanting something. So there's there's the hunger, right, for a piece of, you know, peanut butter, rice cake, or whatever it is. And I'm hungry and I need to eat. And that's fine. And that's great. But there's something then, if I get clinging to it, and I get fixated on it, it's like I, the, the word that comes to mind is like being in an elevator, right? Like I'm no longer really connected to my experience. I'm more like on a ride. Does that make sense? There's a way that we can get kind of caught in it and we get disconnected actually from ourselves and from the present moment and even from the peanut butter rice cake. We might be eating it, but we're not really tasting it because we're in this craving, right? So um, I wanted to sort of, you know, talk about it in that subtle way too and how it disconnects us. You know, when we get into that clinging, we're, we're, we're grabbing onto something and really there's nothing we can grab onto truthfully, Right? We can't really grab, make anything permanent or stay the way it is or become what we want it. It will or it won't. It's just 
sort of its own thing. But there's that struggle that we get caught in that brings us into relationship with the world that's actually really quite disconnected from the present moment, the world, ourselves. So noticing what it is, whether it's that tension or tightness, right, in our bodies when we're clinging, it's, that's a huge cue to me. But it also is a, a sense of disconnection that is a cue to me that I'm clinging. So um, that's inherent. That's inherent in the clinging. So getting to know what, how it manifests for you when you are grabbing on. Um, so that's, that's like, get really curious about it in the subtle little ways. Start to study it. I think we all know pretty much the big ways. I really want that job, damn it. <laughs> that was my car. You know, what it, whatever it is. Like, there's the big ways. We know that, right? We get upset about it. And, but the little ways are subtle and insidious. And they can just permeate our lives and pull us away with our... My phone's not out, right? But this constant pull to the phone, to the phone. And then there, you know, it's like, oh, I'm lost again, right? It's that word I'm using today is the elevator feeling. You get in an elevator, you push the button, and you're on the ride, right? And you're stuck. (laughs) But it's kind of like that enveloping feeling of um, being consumed by something. And then you get out, you know, okay, oh, okay, I'm off, (laughs) you know. So get to know what that is for you in these small, small ways, not just the big ways. Be curious. Curiosity is your, is your friend when it comes to working with dukkha, with clinging. It's the, you know, understanding the cause of why we're suffering, that clinging. We've got to be curious. What am I clinging to? It might be that I'm clinging to the idea that I'm going to feel better because I don't feel very good for some reason, or I'm anxious, or I'm afraid, right? Or I don't like myself today. So that's that part we need to sort of, you know, get curious about and soften around. Be gentle with yourself. You're human. And, you know, Sandra said this, but it, it, it is, this is the condition we wouldn't survive. We wouldn't be alive if we weren't hungry. It's part of life. All life is consuming all the time. Little amoebas, you know, amoebas. You know, everything is consuming. And that's, that's part of it. But how do we be conscious consumers of life? How do we be awake and not try and get more than we need? take what we don't deserve or, you know, get in this battle. So a gentleness, a softness, a curiosity around it, seeing that it's normal, don't make yourself a bad person around this. And um, really pay attention to the times your desire leads to well-being versus pain or more difficulty. That's a huge cue 
to you to notice when we're kind of getting caught in an unskillful direction versus a wholesome direction. But, but we've got to stay awake long enough. We get on the elevator, we're in the space, we get off and then we're off to the next thing. But don't run away so quick. <laughs> Pause. Check in. Oh, how did I feel when I got on the elevator? Do I even remember? And what's, what am I, how am I feeling now? Do I feel better? Do I feel more hungry? Do I feel disconcerted? What, you know, what, what's happening for me here before I run off to the next thing? Because it, it is relentless. You know, this consuming energy. So let me um, see if there's anything else I want to say. Yeah, I think that I'll just say moving away from suffering and toward liberation requires us to let go of unskillful actions, unskillful thoughts, and unskillful intentions. What helps us let go is seeing that they cause us suffering. That really helps us let go, to see how it's hurting where it leads us. Taking the path toward freedom requires us to take responsibility for our thoughts, attitudes, and behaviors. It's really helpful to ask, is this serving or harming myself or others? Is this serving or harming? Um. In the last moment before we move to small group, kind of conversation, anything that I could say that would be clarifying or helpful? Was I clear? Yes, Anne Rose, just find a mic, please. It's on. So like the moment where you talked about, Tanya, the elevator, like how do you know when you're... Because I know... I'm I'm stepping into that elevator multiple times a day. <laughs> yes, indeed. You know, but I'd like to I'd like to get out, you know. Yes. Yeah, so um I think that the So you're asking how do I know I'm getting on the elevator? Essentially, Essentially like you're asking for how do I stop myself from getting on the elevator? <laughs> Yeah, well, I think for me, it's starting to wake up when I'm probably already on the elevator or getting off the elevator. It starts later, not at the beginning. That's what I would say for me. Not all the time, but over time, it's waking up and then pausing when it's happened, giving myself enough space to the mind to consciously acknowledge, oh, I just did it again. You know, okay, how does that feel? Okay, and then and, and when I have the energy to even go like, okay, can I go back another step? What happened right before I, I got caught? What was going on for me? And I may or may not have an answer. But being curious about it actually is starting to teach the mind to pay attention. And so we start to grow our interest and our mind 
starts to just tune into these things. And then we start to combine and couple, oh, wanting this with the pain afterwards, because we've consciously connected the two. Does that make sense? Okay. Thank you. Thank you. um, we, we, We have habits. We have patterns. And yes, we we have to catch ourselves, I don't know how many times when we live in the elevator, but at least we're catching ourselves. And then maybe we start identifying like, oh, I tend to do this. So in a way, kind of start making mental, like a little post-it that when I get there, I know I need to pay attention like right now, um, holiday season, shopping, be very aware. <laughs> like, you, like you go to the websites where you're going to find your gifts. And it's like um, order early because transportation, blah, blah. I mean, the world out there wants you to be very thirsty and very clingy. So... Okay, so I need to pay attention when these things happen. And we need to get caught many times before we notice. That's, that's the way it is. <laughs> that's the only way we learn. Oh, yeah. I like that. Thank you. Um, when you were talking and something that... You know, a lot of people can relate to you're talking about, like, taking out your phone and being kind of, like, addicted to it and stuff like that. And it made me think a lot about, like, just triggers and how we, like, deal with triggers. And not necessarily, like, it could be, like, big triggers or even just, like, little things that trigger us down this, like, negative rabbit hole. Um, I guess my question is around, like, in some ways, you know, the advice is, like, we should remove those triggers. So, like don't use social media, for example, is like the obvious one that we hear a lot. Or, um, I mean, sometimes the triggers can even come from like books or like talking to certain people or like watching certain TV shows and stuff. And um, sometimes it makes me also wonder, like, is removing all triggers, like, I mean, obviously in certain cases where there's more serious effects involved, like PTSD and things like that, is it I would say a different scenario, but for like smaller triggers, is removing them helpful or is like being able to not go down the negative rabbit hole when you see that trigger? Does that serve you better? Or is there like no right answer? I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Do you mind if I answer this one? Go ahead. Yeah, it's a really important question. Um, so there are times, but this, call, this does call for discernment, which is what you're pointing to. There are times when removing the triggers are possible and necessary. But we can't do that with everything. It's not possible. And, and that one of the things that I had sort of suggested in the guided meditation was... You know, can we just stand next to something? The trigger, whatever it is. Can we imagine being alongside it and not collapsing and not rigidifying either? And, you know, just sort of, that's something to practice. 
And that's what we're doing in meditation. We're, we're cultivating the capacity to, to be uninvolved, to allow things to come up and go and move through us and just like realize, actually, it will all kind of come through and go on. If I just can sit here, I'll be okay. <laughs> but it's getting up and running off and fighting with this and that and trying to do this and that that gets us in trouble. So discernment is necessary. We can't get rid of all the triggers. In fact, triggers are, you know, triggers are really just associations. And our brain is an association organ, prediction organ. It just, that's what it, we've got this, you know, library of experiences that our brain pulls on to associate. And so it's not possible. But let me say one more quick thing here, which is we can work on also adding what we're associating. We can add things, like if we have a trigger, we can start to build other experiences around that, resourcing experiences, positive experiences, empowerment experiences, recognizing, oh, I can sit next to this and it's not going to kill me kind of thing. Okay. So, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, you talk about uh, this uh, clinginess and the um, the elevator uh, experience. Uh, have you come across uh, people who, um, like, uh, in that uh, same uh, sense, about who try to be like God-like? Or, um, like, I can give an example that, let's say, who are always kind of in this uh, clinginess or elevator experience, they are always measuring that, oh, uh, this person uh, did a sashtang pranam to me. Sashtang is essentially all eight, uh, um, you know, um, body parts touching the ground. That is a way of uh, mm-hmm. like bowing, bowing to someone, uh, uh, whereas she or he did not even touch my feet or whatever. That is like a, mm-hmm. one form of salutation. Um, so uh, and like a so uh, like I said, this she or he does not love or respect or whatever. Whereas this person, so constantly like you know, in this like. Uh, how I view this, this is like, you know, in the Masilev pyramid, that's like the low self-esteem. Like they're constantly evaluating in this elevator uh, sense, oh, you know, I I don't have this respect. I don't have this, that uh, the eating thing or thirst or whatever. Constantly looking for that satisfying that uh, have i uh, presented my question or the i think you're talking mm-hmm. about somebody who's hungry for being seen or feeling better or they're they're constantly comparing and yeah. and judging yeah it, and yeah it, and it's like like the you know it's like the the uncontrollable tongue which is like so long <laughs> uncontrollable and, you know the speech speech and, oh uh there are many ways that okay. those things happen. Okay. Um, 
like always trying to be very well dressed and uh, very nice hair and the last I mean there are many ways that we can express that and I think is what we're trying to do ourselves we can do the work ourselves isn't it we cannot do the work for others um, and uh, and it, it's hard to notice it it's, there's a lot of conditioning that has gone into that. So I think the best we can do is do it for ourselves. Um, try to teach it to other people. I think you need to be there at the right moment. It probably will happen. It, it could happen, but um, yeah. It's, it's like the person that doesn't want to be seen, that wants to be invisible, and maybe... I don't know. Uh, so in some way, I think we all may be able to relate to that. There's been moments in our life where we we just don't want to be there. We don't want to be put on the spot. We want to be invisible. Uh, so, But it, it's hard to notice it. it. It takes courage to do it. Um, yeah. That does that make sense. Yeah, yeah, well, I mean, it's essentially, yeah, I mean, I'm especially... Hold your mic up. In smaller circles, you know, it kind of uh, when we are operating in a very small circle of people, let's say we are like, I mean, we are, uh, uh, I guess, uh, we don't have a choice of uh, not being far away, and which means that so oh, I have to be, I have been in Bali, so I'm more superior to this person. I have been mm-hmm. in, seen this pyramid, so I'm super mm-hmm. more well-traveled and whatnot. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's. Uh, so I just wanted to make that presentation, I mean, because I am unable to uh, uh, comprehend sometimes uh, that 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 thirst or, or hunger to or that you know that uh, godly status you know that uh, it's you know, it's really a clinging to an identity mm-hmm. you know it's just we all it's whether you want to be dressed up identity or you want to be smarter than other people mm-hmm. identity or you want to be better because you've traveled more places it's all identity those are, it's very, and we're trying to make ourselves create some self that's elusive and vulnerable, so it doesn't really work, so we, but we keep trying, right? And so it sounds like somebody's, you're describing as very uncomfortable person and trying to make themselves better, or trying to make other people feel bad to make themselves feel better. I'm not sure which way it is, but it's, it's uh, clinging to an identity, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and and also when we satisfy those desires, when we achieve those things, the uh, satisfaction, the the well-being lasts a little bit. It's not it's not the happiness. <laughs> it's just a moment. And when that clinging, it's um, it, it it keeps kind of reinforcing itself because we need more of it, more of it, and more of it. To, to be well. So, yeah. So should we... Um, yeah, let's go to the... Well, we, I think we need to uh, consider... 
<laughs> maybe um, maybe you want to choose you know one of these things and we can just discuss it here and then yeah maybe because yeah we right. can't really do the breakout groups yeah. exactly okay so what I would like you to invite oh, so yeah you know that's a good idea Richard he just suggested having everybody circle up for this part yeah do you guys mind coming and we'll just do kind of yeah. Stay off the blue line because that's the camera. Just, yeah, there you go. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'm gonna maybe read something, like ask, invite you to think of something in your life and see what comes up. And perhaps something that we didn't touch too much was um, about the satisfaction that we get out of it. So so think of a moment and try to maybe something recent today, this week. Um, so you so now you can see in retrospect that, wow, that was a moment where I felt that, that thirst, that hunger, that craving for something. And you were able to get it. You got what you wanted. Things were done the way you wanted it. Like, that's the way you got it. So I would invite you to think about um, how did it feel to get it? And did it last? And perhaps did it open you for more? It Did it make you thirstier for more? So that, that's one thing. And also, so not to be so focused on the thirst part and the clinging part, um, maybe you can also think of a moment, even a small thing, where you were able to let go, to let things be, to be content to what was happening. And how does that feel? Even a small thing. How does it feel? How does, how does it feel in the body? And in like, if you could contrast both, what do you see? And see, so let's, let's take those two, if anybody would like to. Anybody have an example? I could share a little one, I'll just to help you get started if you mm-hmm. need the help. You, so I, I need new glasses. And, um, <laughs> you know, my prescriptions changed, right? And um, so, you know, if you wear glasses, it's like, oh, my God, what, what frame, what color, what, you know, the weight, you know, plastic or the nose things, all these things, right? And so um, I... I, last pair of glasses, this pair have been okay. I don't love them, but they're okay, you know. And so it's like, and I've gotten a few pair that I really didn't like. So I was like, okay, I gotta really try a lot of different glasses here. <laughs> and then I ordered some try on at home glasses and I ordered some at the, I actually ordered them and I didn't like them and I took them back. And so all this like energy and trying on, looking, well, taking pictures. What do you think of this one? <laughs> and then 
I was like, you know, I have this old pair of glasses that I really like a lot. And I, when I finally settled on just using that frame and getting new glasses, it was like, oh. <laughs> that was contentment. That was like such a relief rather than that seeking, the trying to find the right hair so I don't blow it again right and end up with glasses I hate and hurt my nose or whatever but it but why didn't I think why why wasn't that the first choice I don't know but and I got there thank God (laughs) anybody else want to share something great I don't know if I have an example. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I have an example for both. Um, Never mind. <laughs> but one thing that, um, so recently I've um, been taking a break from working and I'm taking some classes. Um, one of them I'm taking is in ceramics, which is something I love doing. <laughs> and it's like, um, it's been great. And I definitely have felt like a new feeling of like, I'm excited to like wake up at 7 a.m. and go to class and on a weekday, which is like, I don't think I've ever felt that way before. Um, and so that's been great, but I, I, I think it's something around what you're saying where it's like, we have the clinging, even when it's something good. And I find myself sometimes like in class and like, this is what I've been looking forward to, like all weekend and I'm here. And then I just get into this mode of like, I need to like do everything. And I need to like, like, you know get as much as I can done and I need to like make sure I finish all these pieces and then I'm like oh my god I like stop breathing normally and I'm (laughs) trying to get everything done in time even though it's like something I really enjoy doing yeah um and I like don't let myself take a break and so uh I've been trying to be better about that and like stop and be like I don't have to get all this done right now and I should like make sure I'm actually enjoying what I <laughs> came here to do. Um, so yeah, I think that's an example of both. You 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 noticing, and it's like I need to enjoy this. So in a way, it's like letting go. So yeah, that's that's very good. Thank you. Yeah, as you were talking, I didn't. I I had that. You know, in the um, airport, they have those um, flat escalators where you know you get on it's like being on that thing right you're pulling your you know you're getting really fast and it's that what you're describing right maybe you're in this doing this great thing but somehow you're like grabbing reaching trying to get next next and you lose it's like going by so fast you're not even there you're not even enjoying it anymore yeah because the mind, this is where the mind, that's why I feel like the elevator escalator thing. It's like we stop being here. We get in this head. We're imagining things. We, we're imagining what we want. And then we're relating to that instead of what's this. Yeah. It makes me think, too, of um, a friend of mine. So she stopped working in the company because she wanted to go more into cultivating her spiritual life and such. And it was so confusing for her because, um, like she was saying, it's like when the work we do is 
we are so overwhelmed all the time that when we have a break, like we we only know overwhelm or vacation. <laughs> we don't know anything in between. So she was say like she didn't know what to like. I have time. I I don't know. It, it was very, yeah. Yeah, and then like okay, no, little by little. I mean, it took time, but yeah, um, it we we need to relearn to enjoy. Yeah, maybe that was like also yeah. That's also a good example where like yeah, when I left, I was like I was not having a great time at the company I was working at, and I was like once I quit, my life is gonna be amazing. Like all my anxiety is gonna go away, and I'm just gonna live like the best life ever, and at least like temporarily, you know. And then when I quit, I was like, why do I feel worse than <laughs> when I did before? Because it's like, now I have more mental space to worry about right. all the other things in my life that I was like, probably not thinking much about <laughs> when I was working. So, yeah. uh, um, I don't know if I understood the question correctly, but I think the way I'm trying to interpret it is um, not taking so much um, like catastrophizing of things and just noticing that there's no permanence, whether things are really horrible or really great, you know, that will come to an end and it might, you know, sort of transfer to one, one extreme or the other and just trying to be okay with going through the motions and knowing that it'll change either for the worst or, you know, for the best again, and just trying to be able to like navigate that more, more regularly and uh, sort of contently. Yeah, it's, it's to avoid the, the, the addiction for it. Uh, yeah. I mean, the desire, the one, the having it. Mm-hmm. And, okay, it's gone. You got it. Enjoy it. Let it go. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Like, no, not fall into that cycle that more and more, like, yeah. So, so sometimes I'll notice myself sort of going down, like, a spiral of catastrophe. Like, oh, this is so horrible. Now, <laughs> now I'll lose my job and my car will break down. I'll end up on the streets and homeless and... <laughs> Or something like that, but I'm trying to maybe more so find a way to, if, if I have learned that behavior or mental way of thinking, how can I become my best cheerleader instead of being my, my worst critic mm. um, and trying to cultivate that more into mm. not having such of a clinginess to either, you know, something catastrophizing or even something great that is going wonderful. Yeah. And I think it takes courage for us to face those things because it probably is coming from something that happened maybe when we were children or something like that isn't it like okay where is that like I know my catastrophizing I know like but it's taken me a long time to even see in it like like why am I going like what where is this coming from and getting curious what Tanya was saying curiosity and but with that kindness, with that softness, isn't it? Where where is this coming from? And like naming the dragon so it loses its power <laughs> in a way. Yeah. I, I'm not sure it's on. You talk about the enjoying each moment or uh, taking time to have be with each moment. And uh, since you talked about that you are a scientist, I also wanted to talk about this concept of time dilation or, or like sometimes people even in poetry, they talk about, you know, time seems to have frozen, which means like if people are having a good time, then they say that 
you know it's like the time has dilated or time has just stopped and they just want to be in that moment so i um, can give two examples um one let's say going back to the mountains uh, in like swiss alps uh, which uh, reminds me very much of you know james james bond 007 <laughs> and you know like shilton and lauterbrunnen and those places and just i mean time i mean last the session before last i had also talked about like someone like gregory peck of indian cinema uh who like there are some pictures from that uh, those uh, places so when i have traveled to those places the time just seems to have stopped i i like zurich and bern and all those places you know the uh i i still can feel that joy and happiness that i had um and like in the immediate present uh i have uh, to make some presentation uh, for some teaching some music uh, uh, talk about some music so uh, every small breaks i have so i i i listen to some pieces i will prepare some um and then you know maybe make some notes or something uh, for me those times you know they they just stop mm-hmm. then and there it's like the time has stopped that those uh, pieces i'm enjoying so much that uh, whether now or in, in my sleep or you know i'm i'm kind of enjoying that uh, even if that moment of uh, presenting to my audience has not yet come but even while uh, i'm being prepared i am enjoying that moment so that comment about being happy in every moment or essentially um dilating the uh time even if the time is like only you know a short duration but uh, it can be prolonged that it can be like eons or ages or whatever mm-hmm. so to to bring us to that conscious that is uh, i don't know if i am Uh, that that is how i i want us to feel and i i i try to view things that way and what not so i given two examples one of like you know the being in the mountains and i i guess i would just say this uh you know it's a very philosophical question but also time is a concept and there are ways of stepping out of conceptual time to not be relating to life in the, that same framework um in the practice i think it's possible to have experiences but the main thing is that i think the 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 absence of clinging the absence of clinging is a spacious feeling everything there's so much generosity in it everything can just be we don't want the tree to be closer or different or there's there's just so much generosity in and so that also has that timelessness feeling so i don't know how else to answer you but i think it's a great thing to question our relationship with time and and notice 
how we're relating to what's happening affects our sense of time. Does that feel like enough? I, I think we need to shift. It's actually about time to end. So, um, so we don't have to learn, but time to do our dedication of merit. Yeah. So, um, so coming here together, definitely, I we hope that is of benefit for you. But also to keep in mind that what we do here benefit the people around us, our families, our friends, the people that we cross in the street, we, we get out and like we're thinking about these things. That's has being here today has repercussions. And um, it's not only we, we, don't, we don't only do it because it's nice, but really to maybe share this with other beings, with all beings. Um, a, a, a practice that uh, Tanya introduced me to is we, we forget, it's easy to forget the, the pain, the suffering that is out there, isn't it? And sometimes if we can bring some of it into our minds and maybe offer the benefit of the practice today to those people, to those causes, to those countries, to whatever it is that uh, can open your heart. So I don't think we're going to circulate the microphone today, but maybe bring it in in your mind and bring it to your heart and uh, may the benefit of our practice today be shared with every being that everybody every being is free of suffering and its causes and that every being may live in ease and peace Thank you for your practice today.